It starts with an idea, then it's all about action. We're asking the hustlers, the action dreamers, the entrepreneurs, how to make it all possible. But this is all about keeping it real. Not everything is picture perfect, and we want to know about the struggle and the many sleepless nights that it takes to bring a business to life. They say we learn through our mistakes. Well, we're asking the experts so you don't have to. This is Commercial Free. What's going on, everyone? Tonight, we are at the Greenhouse Cafe, which is located at the Rockaway Hotel in Rockaway Beach, New York. And tonight, our guest is Yarden Flato at his own cafe. So, Yarden, why don't you give us a little background about yourself? I know you've been on the podcast before, so yeah. what's happened since then? Since then, uh, when was I on the podcast? May, maybe? I June? Was, yeah, I think it was in May. So probably at the beginning of the summer? Yeah, beginning of the summer, yeah. Actually, yeah, it was probably around June, July because yeah. we had just opened this place. Mm-hmm. Um, we opened in May on May 1st uh, of 2021. Yeah. Um, for those watching this podcast for the first time or not catching the earlier one or those that don't know me, I, I, my brother, me, and my, and my mother have a couple of uh, restaurants here in Rockaway Beach, uh, most of them named Cuisine by Claudette. Uh, Middle Eastern, fast, casual, American comfort food. You know, uh, we're all, you know, we all come from a background of like food, beverage, and like really just feeding and nourishing people. Uh, And then uh, I like to think there's another family in the neighborhood that is known for the same thing, and that's the Tuberties who have opened up this spectacular hotel uh, called The Rockaway. Um, And very happy that you know one thing led to another I'm sure we'll get to it but yeah. we ended up being involved here uh, in the cafe space at the hotel uh, opening up greenhouse cafe um, yeah so like how did you like meet the meet Terrence and the Tuberties to like get into the Rockway Hotel how did we meet Terrence and Dee and, and the rest of the crew and Jeff and all of them yeah Jeff too I, he's, he's one of the owners too yeah I I mean, between myself, my brother, and my mother, I think we all just know them. It's a small neighborhood. Rockaway's small, you know. Uh, I grew up here. My brother grew up most of his life here. My mother's been here for 30-odd years. That's a long time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, my dad, 40. Like, you know, we're, yeah, we're we're born and bred here. Uh, So it's kind of hard not to know them. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think we were really... We are very, very, very much into coffee in my family, myself especially. Uh, and, you know, that kind of is like a passion for cafes, especially here. Uh, the way we got started with the whole coffee program at Claudette's was because, like, I one day I was like, I got like, as a kid actually, I was like, I got this obsessed with espresso machines. You know, like I wanted to tinker with them, I wanted to take them apart, I wanted to figure out how they worked, I wanted to figure out how, the, how do you make the best cup of coffee, like how could, like, it was just, my mind was blown by how they worked. It's like um, how you can give people like, the yeah, best tasting coffee, right? Yeah, and espresso itself is just a crazy thing, like, yeah. put like a little puck of like, of like powder, you know, into like, like a little like, it's like almost like a little bomb. Yeah, and then, <laughs> like, and it's just like, it's like a pipe bomb, bottom, right? you know, and like you turn it on, all the pump starts rolling and like, it's not even like coffee, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like viscous, like honey coming out of there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how we got started with coffee at Claudette's like 10 years ago. Um, and the kind of like cafe space has been something that's been like 
very, very, very... Uh, Ingrained you know, in your DNA, right? Yeah. 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 So... It's really special, like especially like when I've gone to the Cuisine by Codets on 116th Street, I've gotten coffee there in the summertime and the acai bowls are my favorite yeah. there. So like when I would go there, it's just like really comforting and homey, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I'd be there maybe three or four times a week getting lunch, you know, because I lifeguard down here. So it was definitely a spot to go to. The comforting and hominess is like, that's the part that's like really in our DNA, dude. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we grew up and like my mom comes from like a huge family where like it's all about like uh, treating people and, and nourishing others and like large family gatherings, friends and, and like gathering around food and beverage and, and like just sharing and like breaking bread together, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and especially like coming from like a Jewish household, like where none of us are religious, but like mm -hmm. where we are traditional and we sit down for Shabbat dinner every every Friday night, and like we do have this blessing of like breaking bread together and drinking wine and like being thankful for like having loved ones around us and like you know that same kind of like ethos is demonstrated in like the food that we serve and, and coffee and. and all of it. And would you, you, know? and would you say that goes into that whole sense of family goes into the staff as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something we look for when we hire staff. Really, you know, like we we specifically like try and only hire staff that like are interested in being part of like a community. You know, we're not looking for someone that's like just looking to show up for a paycheck, show up for a paycheck, yeah. and get out. You know, we. I mean, listen, at the very least, like, myself, my brother, my mother, we spend our lives in that place, mm -hmm. you know? We don't want to be around people that that aren't comfortable, like, uh, sharing sharing a day, you know? Yeah. Sharing food, sharing, like, time together, uh, and, yeah. And, I mean, listen, our staff is 100% of the reason, like, our places are anywhere near successful, you know, because our staff all shares that same, like, uh, enthusiasm. That same enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. So, like, every small business, like, has, like, their own challenges. What would you say, like, was one of the challenges opening up, like, the Greenhouse Cafe, especially, like, during the midst of COVID and then coming out of it? Yeah. I mean, I think we were extremely fortunate uh, with the timing. We... Not to say that the pandemic is over, but but like we were we opened this place up on the tail end of all the restrictions that were being uh, dished out by especially New York City, yeah. you know, at the time. I'm sure uh, it made it pretty challenging to open up a new place, right? Challenging, but like I think all things considered, we got very lucky. You know, we we opened up in a space that was. Uh, already kind of set up for food service. We didn't like, you know, thank God, Tuberties and, and all the other partners here, Jeff and Mishi and John and all of them, like built out a space that was meant to be a cafe. Yeah. You know, we didn't have to deal with like all the nitty gritty of a build out. Yeah. We did like final design work and stuff here, but they took for, the part, for the most part, right? yeah, for okay. the, the skeleton was here, like when That's we got great. here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a lot of other things, like, complete, could be completely honest, like, was yeah. a little easier because of COVID. Um, In what way? Some things got a little, because of, like, for example, like, the health department, like, getting all of our, uh, getting all of the permits and licenses to open up, 
like because it's all online now, it was you know it's instant. Uh, and you don't have to wait for anything. You have to you go know, spend yeah, exactly. hours traveling. To exactly. Places, right. It was like yeah. it was almost easier because of it. Um, so if there's anything good that came out of this pandemic, it was like a big transition towards uh, the digital you know transfer of information and like and and the bureaucracy being like welcoming to it. You know, as opposed to like generally like everyone's very comfortable like sending files and like trading like yeah. e-signatures. Bureaucracy, for the most part, has been like, no, no, no. Like, we are holding off on that. You still need to bring this in. You still need to like file this. Like, you still need and to come in. Right? Now it's like they've taken a step toward away from that. You know, oh, okay. towards like a little more progressive. Like, so, so it made yeah. it, I'm sure it made it easier for you to open this place. Yeah, do that soft launch back in May, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there were definitely a lot of like points throughout uh, throughout opening till today where like. It was a little worrisome, like when we weren't sure if, you know, as a cafe whose main audience uh, is is both uh, commuters through traffic, locals who were like looking to spend less than ten minutes in here, you know, or even five really. Yeah. Uh, we were a little worried about like having to, you know, check vaccine cards for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, mainly only because of like the the time, like the 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 bandwidth of being able to do that. You know, if someone's coming in for five minutes and you're taking 30 seconds, like, per person, like, checking that, like, you know, that makes it 10% of their time in here is is checking out, like, checking out you know, checking credentials. Yeah, credentials, yeah. Um, you know, as opposed to, if, like, you're sitting down for two hours in a restaurant or an hour and a half, like, it's a little more, like, you know, justifiable. Um, yeah. Luckily, that we didn't have to do that. But, like, okay. that was, you know, it's... We're definitely sweating and itching a little yeah. bit about that. Like, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> like, oh shoot! Like, are, you know, are we gonna have to hire an extra staff member to like stand at the door and and, and like and check and cards? Check, and, yeah. yeah. And then like, cause you guys are right by the beach over. You're like literally two blocks away. So like, what was it like having people come in in and out there for some time? How did you manage like that crowd? Was it something new to you guys? Cause I'm sure you guys are by 116th Street. Was it similar to like managing that? Um, it is. It's similar. It's similar. We get a lot of a lot of that beach traffic on 116th Street. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but we've also had, uh, for many years, we used to have a, a summer pop-up at Reese Park. Okay. Um, also, a place that has enjoyed pretty heavy seasonal traffic. Mm-hmm. So, in, in that way, you know, it was, we definitely felt well-equipped to handle it um, between... And it felt familiar, right? Yeah, yeah familiar. familiar. Yeah. You know, and, like, some of the ways, like, we handle that is, like, between, like, um, being able to like process tickets as fast as possible. Like we make sure we take an order uh, and get started on it and like try and move the line along and cue people in and out of the space, especially like with respect to the pandemic. Like you don't want pe- too many people crowding in here. So like creating a little bit of flow in the space. This, I know the people at home won't be able to see this right yeah. now, but in the center of our space here, in front of you, in, fr- in front of us, behind you guys, where you guys are sitting, um, is this center table uh, that breaks up this huge empty space and kind of forms like a little bit of like a uh, like a circular flow around the place so that you can come in through the door. You can take a look at the menu and then exactly. order once you get, once and you then get around over there. Yeah. And then queue up on your way out. Yeah. You know, and we have a little the little takeout window over there, like a little French sliding window. Um, like yeah, I saw people using that in the summertime when I was yeah. on the way and people were, were taking advantage yeah. of it, which was really nice. We would also like be able to hand people their orders through there so they could like step outside and then like you, even little things like we had like little mobile, like handheld mobile yeah. uh, registers, POS devices 
tablets that, that we could take orders online. We would send someone out to stand online and like go down the line just to turn it over even yeah. faster, you know? And get people on their way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. People want to be like in and out. They want to be moving. They don't want to be like stagnant in a place, especially amidst the pandemic. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And like, because everybody's in a rush nowadays. So like, I'm sure like it, it would make people more inclined to come back here just because they had a fast experience and then they know something that's good yeah. quality food, drinks, or whatever they yeah. start to order from the menu, right? So, in that regard, like when it comes to like food and drinks, how do you build relationships with your suppliers and, and source the right uh, food and drinks? How do we source the right food and drinks? That, I mean, not too good. That is a yeah. difficult thing. Um, difficult thing in many ways, but also like one of the easiest because it's the most enjoyable. In what you know? way? Uh, food is kind of all about like those relationships, you know, in the same way that like the end product is shared between like people at a table and or or not at a table, but like in good company, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Okay, funny enough, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. food is shared in good company, and that's what makes it great. The same way at the first stage of the relationship, you know, food is produced in good company by good relationships, yeah. like. Um, you know, and especially between here and Claudette's, like we, you know, it's it's something that like that is integral to to the whole process. You know, if you're not, if if you don't have good relationships with the people supplying your ingredients, uh, you know, there's no, you can't make good food from bad ingredients. Yeah. Period. No, you're right. You know, the, the best chef in the world can't take bad food and make it good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way, like, you know, I mean. Uh, funny enough, though, on the on the other way, yeah. like the other end, mm-hmm. uh, you don't need to be a great chef, cook, or uh, or Have the best or foodie, yeah. you know, to make great food out of great ingredients. Okay. You can anyone can take great ingredients and make great food mm-hmm. if they just do nothing to it. You know, yeah, great right. great food on its own is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, I mean, that's what we try to do here. We try to do as little as possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have something to, I think that's like your favorite that like uses the most like <laughs> natural ingredients, but gives you also gives uh, like the most like oh man amazing Every, taste. Really everything. I mean, really? I, and I, I know it's like a cop out, but like menu small. Yeah, menu small, and we we kept it small here for that reason, so that like everything can be like of that like quality and like. And you know, and, and, and the whole staff here is, in addition to me, like we, we have that enthusiasm for like all the things we're serving. Yeah. You know, between like our coffee, which is from Sweet Leaf, uh, and like Rich Prieto, who's an absolute madman. You know, he's a really madman coffee roaster enthusiast, <laughs> sourcer. You know, he loves traveling and like and and finding these amazing coffees and like I mean he's. He's Peruvian, um, and so he has kind of a penchant for Peruvian coffees, which we're about to s- switch over and serve for for our drip coffee for the winter time. Um, we're sort of switching to a Peruvian single origin that is just absolutely delicious. You know, uh, he just got off like a of a trip to Peru where he sourced a whole lot of these like amazing, yeah, this amazing, amazing coffee that we got to taste a couple months ago, um, and we're super excited to get it in here. Uh, we'll do a whole like, we'll do a whole 
you know, a whole piece on it on our Instagram too. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. I'm sure people yeah. would love to try Peru and Cuff because I've never tried it personally, you know, so that yeah. would be really interesting to see how it differs yeah. from what you guys already mm -hmm. have, you know. The teas that we have are also outrageous. Um, for anyone at home that, you know, I'm sure is on their phone or on their laptop right now. Watching us. Can, right now. Yeah, yeah, can look up <laughs> an amazing gentleman, Sebastian Beckwith, uh, from a company called In Pursuit of Tea. Uh, we carry their tea, but Sebastian, who's an old friend of a friend of mine who, you know, introduced us uh, in the past year or so, uh, is an incredible, incredible tea purveyor now, but mainly, like, at heart, a tea drinker, yeah. you know, who just uh, 20 years ago started, like, a little tea club with his friends uh, out of, you know, just to sit together and drink tea gung fu style, which is like slowly and intentionally and meant to like, almost like meditatively, very, very like, uh, very based on ritual, yeah. um, like methodic tea preparation, drinking, tasting, r rinse, repeat, you know? Um, and, you know, I was really into it with all these friends and ended up, making some travels, you know, to Asia to try and like meet some tea producers in, in Asia uh, and foray that into a company where he goes and sources like really the best teas in the world right now. Um, and he's built these 20 plus year long relationships with these, these tea producers and been able to communicate in the same way that a lot of coffee, coffee sources do, you know, what they want out of a tea and like, and, and how they want it processed and produced and grown and and now today Sebastian actually does like the tea program for like 11 Madison Park you know oh, and, that's, and like that's a couple other yeah. incredible like restaurants and yeah. they do the trainings for those restaurants and wow. and uh, yeah I mean I could go on the chocolate is you know I, 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 I recently just tried a chocolate tea from Colorado and it was yeah. so good you know it's like it adds like a little bit of flavor but it doesn't make it tastes like watered down hot chocolate so yeah, it, it yeah. really does add like a nice like taste to it and then over time you just you can try different things yeah. too. like I recently tried a blueberry tea for the first time cool. and that was that was really good you know? awesome. I never thought blueberry and tea would go together you know? yeah and like certain teas like you said are meant for different things like they're meant to energize you or to focus you know so educating people on that in in your cafe is really yeah. impressive and nice. yeah I would Last thing I would probably plug is, uh, oof, it's probably the waffles. You know, those sourdough waffles are outrageous. They were, those were like born out of like this partnership with, uh, with a, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, who is, it's probably like the, the least impressive thing about her is that she's a friend of mine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, she makes great waffles though, No, right? her yeah. name's Sarah Owens, yeah. and she used to be the rosarian for the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. Um, and, you know, had, amidst other things, had some digestive issues at the time and, and began baking and experimenting with fermentation and, uh, and using, like, stone ground flowers and, uh, and became, you know, through any natural obsession, became very, very good at it and wrote a book called Sourdough that back in 2017 actually won a James Beard Award. Wow. Um, and for a while she baked out of, out of Rockaway. Uh, Where and, in Rockaway did she bake? Um, out of the castle on 117th Street. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And then we used to carry her bread at Claudette's. Mm -hmm. And then I think, over, I believe over the pandemic, or maybe right after the pandemic, she yeah. ended up moving uh, out west. And uh, we, I got in contact with her. 
uh, right as we opened this place to collaborate and try and do something special for here. And yeah. she helped develop this recipe for sourdough waffles that are, I think, very special and kind of not found anywhere else, but but also very, very simple. You know, yeah. like, it's like a sourdough starter, mm-hmm. a couple, like, really, really good stone ground flours from uh, ground-up grains in Massachusetts, uh, and, you know, good buttermilk from Ronnie Brook. Good butter. Yeah. Uh, Super simple, you know, not much to it, yeah. but it goes back to like, yeah. simple ingredients. Yeah, 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 yeah. The best food. Right? That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, we we serve them a bunch of ways. We do them with like one of my favorites was just cinnamon sugar yeah. right on top, uh, and it's like almost like a churro. Yeah. You know, Ooh, uh, okay. we do them with like butter and maple traditionally, yeah. of course. Okay. Uh, we do them with. We're about to start doing them with vanilla ice cream. Oh. Okay. We do like a seasonal compote too. So mm-hmm. like over the summer. We got these amazing peaches from our friend Matt Sheehan yeah. uh, up in Connecticut who <coughs> produced these peaches and we made like this huge batch, canned a bunch of this like peach compote yeah. that we would serve on the waffles. Okay. Just about to start doing apple compote too. <coughs> yeah. um, we do them with like cream cheese and locks, you know, oh. like savory style. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna have to try those because I see them on Instagram. I'm like, those, yeah. I'm gonna have to come out here and try them. So yeah. maybe one day this week I'll come out here for Please do. give them a try. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, I'll let you know for that. Because, and then going into like the food industry for Instagram, how has like social media like changed the way you grow your business and like what's some good stuff about it and some negative stuff that you won't necessarily try again because it didn't help you um, grow? There's lots of good and bad that have come out of, you know, social yeah. media in the food industry. Um, <clears throat> one thing is that, you know, there's a, kind of a constant need to consistently put out content. Yeah. You know, it's not like you can get a couple good pictures, throw them up, wait a month, and then go put some more up. Like, yeah. it's kind of about, like, consistently and, like, this need to, like, constantly produce out into the ether. And put out um, quality stuff yeah, too. And quality. Yeah, qual- and quality. Quality is a big part of it too because I like tried putting out a whole bunch of like, content in the past and like it wasn't that good and it didn't grip. Yeah. And then when you consistently put out good content like you said, it draws a whole new audience and then you mm-hmm. can build new customers and meet new people that way. You know what, but if I would wanna like if I wanna elaborate on one thing to someone like at home who's like in the food industry or, or in the restaurant industry doing this, I would stress that Good content doesn't mean the highest res photos. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean like the most high definition photo of your food that's up, as up close as possible because there's lots of people that don't have high res photos that kill it with great content. Yeah. You know, I, I think what matters is that like the content is uh, very much your own, mm-hmm. original, uh, passionate. Um, the copy is just as important mm-hmm. and like and the fact that it's like you know copy I mean sorry for those that I, I realize not everyone knows what copy means I learned this recently yeah but <laughs> copy is like the writing that goes yeah, the no, captioning the, yeah the captioning you know the captioning Instagram, yeah. yeah I said it to someone recently like yeah. copy what does that mean and I was like oh my Sounds god more I, feel professional, like, right? I feel like an asshole because I'm <laughs> yeah. like I hate people who use like acronyms and like I'm like nobody knows what that means but yeah yeah I mean it's not an acronym but Anyways, yeah, the caption, super important, uh, the consistency, and just like generally caring about what you're putting out, you know? It doesn't have to be high res. High res is good, but 
definitely not like the end all be all. Yeah, no, it won't it won't make or break your post, yeah. you know? The, like, if, like if you put out like a little photo, it's like a little blurry one day, but then you make up for like the next two days, you know? And sometimes that, like you said, that blurry photo might do yeah. better than the, than the clear high resolution. Yeah. So. I mean, listen, I'll tell you, like, you know, our, <laughs> our like close up food photos, like high res, like, and whenever, whenever we like take like, high res photos at like a photo shoot. Yeah. Those photos that go up on the grid never do as well as like the pictures that were shot like in a snap, you know, just yeah. because like there was an opportunity or like or like a or like a selfie with like staff yeah. or like a group a group staff photo, like those always do the best. You know, yeah. and that just goes to show like really people care about like the personality the pers- exactly. personality, right? Exactly. Yeah. They wanna know like people wanna know that like they're connecting with someone that's like actually there that they can relate to. Yeah. You know, not like not uh, not an HD 4K camera that's sitting in a sterile room, you know, taking pictures of like yeah. perfectly modeled food. Like, yeah, people aren't really interested in that. Yeah, because like you said, like people like that see like that high resolution photos. Like, it's great. Yeah. It's great for like uh, people who have never seen your business before, but people who are familiar with it. Like, it gives them more of like a real sense of like what they're gonna get when they go into the the cafe or Cordettes, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So, how do you go about like goal setting and, and targets for your businesses, and how important is that for for you, like in your day to day like operations? Um, carefully. Carefully, right? Uh, goal setting is ultra important, mm-hmm. um, and it also is just sometimes like utter bullshit. You know, really. Like it, it's super important yeah. that you have to know where you're aiming for. Yeah. Uh, you have to be able to like. You know, we always set goals, we set milestones, like we want to be here by this point, Uh, we want to be able to do this in the next, you know, six weeks, Uh, or we want to be able to hit this metric, like, and those goals are absolutely real and made and and we do that, but but you also can't be too tied to it because, you know, know, I think you said earlier today, Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah, you know, and it does, and it always happens. And it's you just have to be able to like roll with, with that. Yeah. That's like the trick to everything is like just, just being flexible and being able to roll with adversity. Yeah, you're right. For the, for people at home watching us, like we had <laughs> issues with the mic before. We had issue with the tripod. The light wasn't turning on. So we got to be prepared for everything. So it's yeah. it really is trial and error, and then just seeing what works and what doesn't. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but the goals are definitely helpful, you know, yeah. because otherwise, like, what are you shooting for? Are you just like, you know, are you just rolling out of bed every morning and, and like, and just, you know, shooting from the hip? Yeah. You have to know where you're going, or at least to have a direction, you know. And then you can stray off course, mm-hmm. but you need to start with a direction. At so least. it's a direction, yeah. right? Because like, yeah. like if you come in one morning, like you want to clean the coffee machine, but then you find something else that like. Uh, triggered your attention and then that was that ended up being more important than cleaning the machine and then ended up helping the whole team throughout the day so it's like stuff like yeah, that yeah I mean yeah that's a great yep yeah yeah so what are your thoughts on the adoption of sustainable food sources I know you the Cordettes and the Greenhouse Cafe are very conscious on where you get your food from so can you elaborate on that for me um it kind of goes in with the you know with the same like the same idea as what we were talking about before, like simple food. Simple food is sustainable. Yeah. You know, no ifs, ands, or buts around. Simple food 
is not taxing on the environment. The taxing thing on on the environment and and the taxing that is not sustainable is like ultra processed foods, you know, where like, like Oreos or like chips or some, something Oreos like, or like, yeah. or, like yeah. or even like just uh, like just ultra pro- think like you know, think like all like a huge jar of like of mayonnaise, yeah. you know, or like or like or I don't know, like spam, spam you know, yeah. for example. Like, yeah, no, just <laughs> although like you know, lots of all these processed foods, things that are packaged, ultra packaged, like mm-hmm. things that don't need to be packaged that are packaged. These are all things that like somewhere along the way, lots of middlemen, had uh, their hands, middlemen, middlewomen, middle yeah. people have touched and and like made their mark on and like in turn added a carbon footprint too, you know. But also like removed quality from it. Anytime like you have a middle person like touching your food, like you're removing quality from it. Mm-hmm. The less people that have touched your food, the better it will be. Always. Always. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I ate at Margie's like you saw like yeah. last week and it was so good. Like the, the, I don't think I've had pasta that fresh from a restaurant before. And it was just like the tomatoes that went with it. Then the, the vinaigrette that went into the, with the crabs and everything. It just, mm-hmm. it just worked so well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, think about the best meals you ever have. Like, it's, I mean, at least for me, it's always, like, it's always just simple, simple foods. You know, like, I'm, I think about, like, like, my mom as a kid, like, one of my favorite meals was, like, my mom having an avocado. Yeah. And, like, just putting a little squeeze of lemon, like, a drop of olive oil, and, like, salt on it. And that would be, like, my breakfast before school. Huh. And, like... And that was like, you know, that's like one of the most memorable tastes I have in my mouth. It's like yeah. like half of an avocado. I but love like, avocados too. It's, but you know, none of those things are like ultra, pro- the most processed thing in there is probably olive oil. But like, yeah. but it's, you know, it's such an age old process that like, you know, you don't have lots of people putting their hands on it. You have at best, you know, two people, like one, one person who, yeah. one person, one company, organization, farm who's pressing the oil. Uh, maybe another that's packaging and maybe another that's shipping it, you know, as opposed to, like, lots of factory steps and packaging and marketing and distributing and, like, you know. Uh, Most people know olive oil, so when they go into the store, they can pretty much figure out which ones are good and which ones aren't. So, like you said, like, it's not not much goes into it. So I guess, like, when you said put the olive olive oil, salt, pepper on the... The avocado, the yeah. memorable for you. Buy olive oil in dark bottles. Don't buy the don't buy the light bottles. Why dark bottles? Uh, I mean, amongst a million other reasons, but uh, olive oil is very, very, very uh, welcoming to going rancid. It likes really? to go rancid. Yeah. Huh. Um, and uh, UV light is one of the things that makes that happen pretty quickly. Uh, so the dark bottles have like a. Like just that, protection yep. on it, right? Exactly. That, just tint. They, yeah, they, just like a tint. To keep it less and more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's good to know. Yeah. Buy sure. less of it. I'm sure not the only one that didn't know that either, right? Yeah. So it no. helps. It helps. So do you see a difference between the way millennials consume food and the way an older generations do? Would you say millennials are more uh, conscious on what they eat? Absolutely. I would say so. Um, not to say that... Yeah, I mean, listen, anytime you cast an umbrella, yeah. we're uh, going to be wrong sometimes, but if we're going to cast an umbrella, I would yeah. say, yeah, millennials as a whole probably, mm-hmm. I think, eat better than, than uh, what's, what's the other generation that we're talking about? Gen X, maybe. Gen I, think, X, I, think maybe. That's, well, I think that's an older maybe. one, maybe. Maybe. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's an older generation. Um, only because I, 
you kind of have to be a little more like you're a little more exposed to information, even though with that comes all the noise too. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of like bad information out there, but <clears throat> but at the very least, I think there's a desire to be educated. Yeah. And not to say that it wasn't there before, but like I think millennials are very much like into like finding out about their food and like into knowing about all those things and. And although that can be full of noise, oftentimes, like, it, you know, it results in, in, in an educated consumer, you know? Uh, yeah, the, the yeah. F- you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s no one, in America. No, no like, one was paying attention to what they were eating. Not that yeah. no one was paying attention, but, like, they really kind of fucked us with food. Yeah. You know, like, America really tried to, like, head towards, like, you know, the quality, quality food, like, was, like, the more processed it can be, yeah. the better it is, you know? How can we package as much stuff into, like, a TV dinner or, like, into a can? Into, like, how can we, like, make this as quick and simple as possible to eat, you know? Like, just yeah. toss it in the microwave, like, just, you know, just add ketchup or, like, yeah. just add water and it's, like, and it's a full meal and, like, mm. you know, and, like, that's bad food. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, bad for you, you know? Yeah, so... Like at least, at least now people are even the older generation are becoming more aware. So yeah, it's, like you absolutely. said, with, with all the information, there's, they can, there's a lot of noise, but there's also yeah, a lot 100%. of good from it. Yeah. Yep. So, what kind of advice would you give someone that's starting, thinking to start out in the food industry or wanting to open up their own cafe in New York City or just anywhere in general? Um, everyone has advice to give. Yeah. Uh, and you don't need to listen to anyone. <laughs> um, everyone's advice is wrong. Uh, no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. there is not. But like, it's hard to figure out who to listen. Figure out like who to listen to, because everyone wants to offer advice. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing to do is like, you know, if you're passionate for it, you just do what you're doing and don't give don't give up. Yeah. You know, and just do it and remain steadfast. And if what you're doing is good and you're confident in that, uh, sometimes just doing it for long enough is enough to like carve yourself a little space, you know? Yeah. Um, and build yourself a little bit of authority in what you want to do, right? That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, you need to have a little bit of flexibility to like, you know, at the end of the day, you need to Try different pay things. bills and yeah. you need to like, yeah, you need that, to sustain yourself, bills, yeah. you know, and like and keep, keep the lights, lights on. on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so. but, you know, I mean, just here we've only been open for six months, so I can't talk about longevity here. But at Claudette's, we've been open for ten years. You know, the first five were were brutal. Yeah. Uh, but we remained steadfast. We did what we did. We like we were confident. We tried a bunch of different things, but like the core of what we were doing stayed the same. And and it took it took a while to get, you know, to get to where we were. Um, but but just keep doing what you're doing, you know. And if you're confident in yourself, that's like that's most of what you need is the, the confidence. confidence yeah. It's just to like go ahead and do it, yeah. you know. And sometimes like sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes it's like you, you want to give up because like. Paying the bills is tough. You have to like, yeah. you know, you're living on your credit card. You're, you're, you know, uh, everything around you is telling you you're doing it wrong. Like, um, winter time in the seasonal location is here, and like, all of a sudden it's hard to pay staff, and yeah. and like, you get a tax bill, and all of a sudden you're like, Shit, like I can't afford <laughs> fucking taxes. Yeah, <laughs> like, taxes. Yeah, barely afford to keep the lights on. It. Yeah, in that situation. Yeah, and then, all, and then yeah. and then in the midst of that, like, you get hit with like, you know, this month's electric bill, and, and yeah, but. Uh, 
yeah, if you can just like muscle through it, you know, uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of just like muscling through it. Yeah. Yeah. What else would you say? Because you, you've obviously been running Corets, you and your family for years now. Like other than muscling through like certain things, like what would you say requires a little bit more attention to detail? We talked about this before. Yeah. Um, not that this is the attention to detail, but like just uh, just breaking the ice. Like yeah, you just know, start, you gotta just starting right. Well, starting, starting, but like yeah. if you want to open a restaurant, for example, because you love cooking, get ready to do everything except cooking. <laughs> you know, if you want to, like, just because 95 yeah. percent of the job is not cooking, is not food. Uh, it may be the best part, but yeah. but you know, it, it's it's all, it's such a small part of like keeping the lights on, and yeah. keeping the place operational, and getting people through the door, and keeping the machines working, and keeping the fridges working, and like, like keeping, keeping your staff paid, stuff, right? and like yeah. keeping the books like clean, and like and like paying your taxes, and, blah, blah, yeah. blah, and like and marketing, and like same thing with like a videography, you yeah. know, like or or a company that's like running podcasts. Like if you love podcasts because you love people and you love like hearing stories and like and you love video and audio, get ready to do all the other things. Oh like, yeah, no, every, everything goes know? with it, and it's not even. Like, like the like what you, one the couple of things you just mentioned just part of it and then after you get all of this content and everything you gotta go and edit it yeah now so you gotta go that's a whole other portion you gotta go edit yeah. the video and you know put like cool graphics in to make it look nice so yeah that's a whole other component of it for anyone at home that's like man Steve's job looks really fun right now yeah. this is like five percent of it the other ninety five percent is like at home like oh, yeah. editing going over audio like realizing that like. I only caught half the audio. Yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta re-record the whole thing. Oh, like, the battery died. Yeah, the, the battery died. Record, yeah, you know, because we have a camera over there too, so we got like three cameras like recording us right now. Yeah. So like, we got a whole bunch of like fail safes in place in case yeah. something does happen. So it's like making sure yeah. you have all your yeah. bases covered. But if you feel like you're ready to take that on, go ahead. You're, yeah. you're, yeah. Believe me, there's this. I thought all of this was daunting in the beginning, but then like once you like talk to people like my business partner Luis I'm sure he's, he might be watching right now you know so he's like he gave me all this stuff and like before like I'm like trying all this stuff out for the first time setting up the light you know yeah. and then like calibrating it to match the wall so it doesn't like look too yellow or, or wash us out you know so it's it's fun for sure yeah def definitely never boring no not at all because like like you said part of the part of the job is also putting out fires too so like yeah. like how often do you have to put out fires oh my god every single day every single day is a fire like what's <laughs> Like what's something that happened today or like in the past week? That's uh, like pretty notable. You know, uh, staff quits. Uh, mm -hmm. We switch payroll. Like even switching a payroll company. Like for example, we're switching payroll companies yeah. at, Cla at Claudette's right now. Actually, Claudette's and Greenhouse right mm -hmm. now. Uh, and we expected to be able to switch in three weeks. And the new payroll company is saying that they won't be able to get us live for six to eight weeks, mm -hmm. which means that like that right now is a three to five week gap of where we don't know how to process payroll and we got to figure that out within the next two weeks. <laughs> just pay everyone in Bitcoin. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, if New York would be willing to accept taxes and withholdings of Bitcoin and Social Security and all, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, there's a whole bunch of yeah. like, other stuff that yeah. goes into it, but like, it's so much easier than yeah. that. Like, oh, just pay someone in Bitcoin, you know? Yep. So it's, um, it's fun yeah. to learn all those little nuances. Yep. There's that. Uh, there's... You know, even things like, like I mean, we covered this already, but like we just yeah. were about to switch coffees for, uh, 
or greenhouse. So yeah. like the coffee that we're currently using, which is also another delicious uh, single origin from Mexico, Mazatega, just went out of stock at, Ooh, at okay. Sweet Leaf. Uh, and we knew that we were switching to this Peru already. Yeah. That's like, we had planned that. But we also have a bunch of like things that go along with it. Like we we train our staff, we print out these little coffee cards that yeah. we hand out to customers, and like have a little write up that we do in house. Yeah. And like able to talk to customers about um, that says like has info about like the origin, what sort of process, like how it was washed or like how it was processed. It was natural process, wash process, what altitude it grows at, a little write up about the region, like and like now that stuff has to get accelerated. We yeah. planned on doing it in a couple of weeks, and like. Now we're gonna have to switch next week, and like so, I gotta like rush order. We have to like draft up these cards, rush order them, uh, yeah. just to have them ready, and like have a quick like orientation with staff about this coffee. Which, again, all fun, but like things that just come up and like little mini fires. Yeah. You know, yeah, the mini, the mini fires. fires. You have big fires. Yeah. You have, yeah. And it takes away from like you said, like a whole bunch of of what you do is exactly is, like, like all the goal it's, setting, it's, it's <laughs> all the goal setting stuff, milestones, goals, milestones. You know, so like a little like five, like you said, five percent earlier is like what you do of like cooking and actually making food, and then like you train yeah. people to do that, and then you go to something else, and then you, like you said, payroll. So it's interesting yeah. to see how what it takes to run a full full fledged business. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the key to success is. is I just think about it is between staff and a, and a like a good team really you know like I mean none of this is possible with one person alone I'm definitely incapable of doing all yeah. of it you know yeah. I have an amazing team that I like with, with me my brother and my mother like yeah. the absolute like you know backbone of it mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I'm, I'm support you know yeah um, family's a huge thing like, yeah even my, even my family too they support yeah. me and everything I do you know like they're they're always like go for you know even when I believe in myself at some time at some points you know so yeah we have amazing that, like staff members in the stores like our yeah. managers of the stores are like absolute like all-stars you yeah. know like the amount of responsibility they take on and like are constantly trying to do more and more and like really like happy doing what they're doing and it's you know it's 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 inspiring yeah yeah i would i would say it's inspiring yeah. to say the least right because yeah. then it motivates your employees to try and do better also it motivates me to try and do better yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's true so like what kind of role do you want like the greenhouse cafe to play in like making the world a better place greenhouse um just to continue with that like message of like simple food um, is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing your food, you know, like if if our staff can convince one person a day that like they've gained something out of like knowing a little bit about where their food comes from, yeah. then, then like we're doing an amazing job. You already you know? won that day. <laughs> yeah, we've won that yeah. day. We've won that day. Like that's the goal. Each day, yeah. like teach, show one person that like it's worth it to know where your food is coming from, where your coffee is coming, where your tea is coming from. Where the flour in your waffle is coming from, mm-hmm. you know, like it's the little stuff like that that yeah. you don't stop to think about, especially because everyone's in a rush now, you know. Yeah. So that's one way to make yourself stand out, which is which is great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, everyone, I wanted to thank Yarden again for coming on to the podcast today. We had a lot of fun doing this, and we hope to do this again in the future, right? So yeah. it, we have a lot of stuff planned coming, and uh, we'll keep you in the loop for what yeah. happens. Hopefully, breakdown is faster than setup. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that too. So hopefully then we can get home and relax, right? Get home before midnight. Yeah. It's nine sixteen right now. Nine sixteen right now, so probably maybe 
the whole week to break down in like 10 minutes. Yeah. So we'll get all that done. So I wanted to thank everyone who tuned in on Instagram Live, and then we'll be posting the full uh, podcast uh, awesome. soon. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks again, That's man. So Appreciate dude. it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Good night. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Commercial Free Podcast. If you love this episode, please share it on your Instagram stories with one takeaway you had and tag me in it at steven.brennan, that is S-T-E-V-E-N dot Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And I look forward to spending time with you in the next podcast. And also don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss another episode.